You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 299. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Rent the Runway's Unlimited program. Have you tried this yet? If you haven't, check it out. For a flat monthly price, you can rent unlimited designer pieces on rotation. You get to keep four pieces at a time for as long as you want, and you can swap them out as soon as you're done and ready to try something else. Or if you fall in love with them, you can actually buy them at a deep discount and keep it forever. So the choice is yours if you're in a smaller wardrobe or you have a special occasion coming up or you want to, for example, go to a speaking conference or something like that and you wanna have different things to wear, this may be a way for you to try many different things and not even have to keep them if you decide they are not worth having forever and ever and ever. Plus they have free shipping and free dry cleaning. So this is really all taken care of you. You can actually save tons of money having designer pieces all at the same time. For a limited time, you can get $120 off of your first two months of the unlimited membership by going over to rentherunway.com and then use the promo code LIVELY19. That's LIVELY19. So yes, if you wanna try this, they're doing a limited offer, which is their best deal, $120 off your first two months of the program by using the code LIVELY19 over at rentherunway.com. I hope you love it as much as I've loved using the service myself. Now let's move on. Also, of course, we have another sponsor for Sigmatic, which is literally Folgers in my cup. It's the thing that makes me want to wake up. It's not Folgers. It's for Sigmatic Mocha Mix. I love it. It has half the caffeine, no crash, no stomach issues. It's so delicious. I've actually started pumping rose drops into it to make it a rose mocha myself. I love drinking it with or without the roses, irrelevant. I love this mocha. Only 25 calories and all you need is hot water and you mix it in. So you're done. So easy to do whether you're traveling or you're at home. I love that the superfoods are built into all of their elixirs and superfoods and coffees. So if you want to, you're getting all these health benefits alongside the the beautiful caffeine and the mocha flavor in my case or in the other products and teas as well. The one I like, that mocha with the green mix, the green label one, it has chaga mushrooms built in, which is apparently a superfood. The medical medium, who I've enjoyed a lot, has recommended for people with some of the things that I've been working on. So it's kind of nice that I'm getting that built in to what I'm already loving drinking. So if you want to try that, you can go over to foursigmatic.com slash lively and check out all their products and then use the code lively at checkout to get 15% off your product. I hope you love it as much as I do. It's been so fun to see you guys share your mocha mixes and drinks with me as well on Instagram. Now for where I am, I am in Detroit learning to live one day at a time. Show me the way today has been my mantra. And this week has been so much fun. I've done four client sessions, basically back to back in two days. And this one, this episode 299, I probably cry more in this episode than any other episode. And it's tears of joy around a subject that most people cry for very different tears. This is about death with Kellen Laser. Kellen Laser is a lively listener and client session person whose husband transitioned into non-physical six weeks ago. And this episode is truly 
aligned for both of us. You can tell as you listen to us that we are jiving on this. And if you are someone who's had a loved one pass in the recent or past, and you want to find a way of connecting with that person in the non-physical, or you want to hear about how Kellen has allowed this transition to go through her life in a very steady, steadfast way with a lot of peace and true joy along the way, even though it's not always been easy, this episode is totally for you. Like I said, I cry in this, but not from negative, not from grief, but from true appreciation and allowing of all things. It's just a beautiful, beautiful episode, and I'm so excited for us to be able to work and share this with you. Let's go to the show. Thank you so much for working with me today. I know. This is so much fun. (laughs) I'm so pumped to work with you. How can we help you today? First off, I have to tell you, the mind in me wants to tell you a whole bunch of stories justifying why I'm here. (laughs) And I've been trying to kind of like calm it down, calm it down. It's not that big of a deal. But I do feel that there is one story that I think will really preface to why you and I are here together right now. A couple weeks ago, I was with a friend and she kept saying, hey, why don't you just go see a medium? Go see a medium. Maybe you'll get some answers. And I was like, no, that I'm not getting pulled in that direction. And I was driving home. I had to get home to pick up my daughter off of the bus, obviously. And I was talking out loud to my husband and I said, I don't want to go see a medium. I want to talk to Jess. I want to go and talk to Jess Lively because I think that this is going to be the best way for me to channel this, what I need to channel. And I got warm chills and I looked at the clock and it said 333. And I literally just said, thank you. I get it. I get it. To make this whole thing make a lot more sense is my husband made his transition back into non-physical about six weeks ago. And damn, is he making himself very present. (laughs) That makes me so happy. I have goosebumps. Oh, I want to ask him all the questions. I know, right? (laughs) Man, I mean, I have not FOMO. I'm just excited to experience what he's experiencing. I am so not afraid of death. Good. Okay. Well, not good or bad, but I'm pretty pumped about it. And I'm so glad you didn't say I'm sorry, because if there's anything, I'm like, oh, my God, please stop telling me you're sorry. (laughs) No. Well, I thought, I'm like, I'm not sorry. But I also thought, don't tell her you're excited and jealous either. Not... Oh, this will be fun. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to put on the I'm sorry face because I'm like, I'm excited for him. What's he experiencing right now? Oh, my God. You know, I've listened to you for a really long time. And I actually had had a couple of communication emails to you a long time ago. And I'm kind of like you. I have no idea how I came across Law of Attraction at all. I can't remember. But I know that I picked up the book and it made so much sense to me and I resonated with it so perfectly. And I felt like the last couple of years have really been preparing me for this time of a transition of this was all meant to happen. And now I get to learn this new relationship with my husband. I love it. Okay, so how can we help you today? To get out of my mind. I think that's probably number one. Over the summer, I had kind of this inkling of, I was writing to my intuition and it kept saying, mind less, mind less, like mindless, get out of your mind, get out of your mind. And then go figure, you all of a sudden start season five and everything is about getting out of the mind. Amen. Amen, right? 
So I think where I want to start is obviously with the elephant in the room with my husband. I had talked to my intuition. He had decided to go on to hospice the last three weeks of his life. And I had written to my intuition and I said, do I just let him be? And my intuition came back saying, not in the way you think, be, and it's in capital B-E, let him be, let him be, let him become, let him be coming. And I kept asking a lot more questions after that saying, do I just stop doing what I'm doing to help? Didn't hear anything. How can I stay calm? Couldn't hear anything. (laughs) And I finally was like, why do I become so upset with all of this? And it said, you're scared and you're frustrated. Why? Your strength is closer. You are higher. If I am, then why is this happening? You've got to see the big picture. You think that this is bad when it could be actually very good. And I actually stopped right there because I had to chew on it for a really long time. And I'm glad I did because I think that after he did pass, there were a lot of opinions from outsiders and their own fear on what death means and where he went. So yeah, Jess, honestly, I'm really not interested in hearing all of my brains talking about stories. Let's just dive right in. Okay. Do you want to pick up where you left off in your letter about the big picture? We could definitely do that. That or else I do have, I kind of did like a, a quick jotting down of a whole bunch of stuff too. So wherever we want to begin. Well, you get to choose. You're in the driver's seat. <sighs> Inner voice, where should we start? Love. Good place to start. <laughs> Who am I supposed to love? Me. Everyone. Where should I start, with me or with everyone? Me. How can I love myself right now? Exactly what you're doing. That's going to be a short call. <laughs> the mind in me wants to come back and at least tell you, I know that I have been, I have really given myself the last how many weeks to just <laughs> breathe. Because being a caregiver, man, wow, that was a lot. Do I keep breathing? Absolutely. Do I keep resting and recuperating? Yes and no. Okay. Where's the no? When you're getting anxious. What should I do then? Breathe. Why am I doing so well? Because you know where he is. Where is he? Everywhere. Can I feel him? Always. What does he feel like? Warm chills. Ooh, that's nice. Alignment bumps. Mm-hmm. Does he have anything to share with me? Sorry, I'm bouncing up and down here. I'm sure I'm feeling it. Is there anything else he wants me to know? He's telling me to go back to my questions here. (laughs) Okay, all right, let's do it. Oh, goodness. Okay. Is he my guide now? What do you hear? I don't hear anything right now. Do I need to know if he's my guide right now? I just heard yes. I do need to know? Mm Mm-hmm. Is he my guide right now? Yes. How is he guiding? Calmness. Steady. What does he want me to do? I keep hearing you don't need to do anything. Yeah, I get this, but mine says that you don't need to try. And I'm like, well, then what the heck am I doing sitting here? Because I got you know, another several decades potentially on the rest of this lifetime. Like, if I'm not doing anything, are we just sitting around? And what does calmness look like on an ongoing basis for a really long time if we're still alive? I just heard I'm not hearing or you're not hearing. Not hearing what? Me. What does that mean? We're not hearing him, what he's meaning? Mm-hmm. What do you really mean? 
stop focusing on me. Stop focusing on, is his name it Jason? Yes. Should I stop focusing on Jason or focusing on Kellen? Focus on Kellen. That's what I should. I should focus on myself. Yes. Okay. Not focusing so much on Jason. Mm-hmm. And he'll just guide. Mm-hmm. All right. What should my focus be in my life now? Becoming. This is so interesting. I just got off a call just before this, and the word becoming came up about 20 times. Mm-hmm. Inner voice, what does becoming mean? Growth. What are we becoming? Free. Free of what? Outsiders. Ooh. What is an outsider? Judgment. Like other minds? Both. Self and others. So mind stuff. Others and our self-mind. Correct. So we're getting free of other minds and ourself, our own mind. Mm-hmm. Why is this important to do? She has a lot to do. Who's she? Kellen. Yeah? Okay, wait. This is a little confusing for Kellen, in the mind of Kellen, because we just heard, be, breathe, be calm. Now I just heard, she has a lot to do. <laughs> what does she have to do? It will come. Does she need to know what it is right now? No. How will she know? She knows. Does she need to know a day before it comes, whatever the next thing is? Mm-mm, no. So what should she do today? Have fun with you. And what should she do tomorrow? Have fun. And what should she do the day after? Build something. So in two days, she's going to build something. In the meantime, she has two days of fun. But building is fun. Yeah. Beautiful, right? Okay, so this isn't like in three exact days, she's going to like build Noah's Ark or something. She's just going to have fun and build things along the way? Yes. Okay, so this isn't like literally on the third day, there's something she needs to build specific right now. Something to note, Noah's Ark was not built overnight. There are building blocks. Beautiful. So literally, even if it is on the third day, you feel like building something for fun. You don't need to spend the next two days knowing what that is. She already knows what it is. What is it? It's a gift for her mother-in-law. Kellen, what is it? Ooh, sorry. <laughs> You're doing so good. Uh, you have like just snapped me up. You want to go back in? Go back in. We'll scuba dive longer. I was just excited to hear what the gift is. I know what it is. So last year, my mother-in-law knits. And so she has tons and tons and tons and tons of yarn. And last year, I was trying to figure out what to get her. She was my only one that I struggled with. I was going on to all of these sites, and I got the best idea of this little contraption that will wind the yarn into these little pancakes. And they're these like tight little things, and they're perfect, and it's easy to pull the yarn out. And my mother-in-law still cries about it because she always tells me, you buy the best gifts. And so this year I was like, well, how am I going to top that? (laughs) Then I had found a picture of this yarn wall where people took a pegboard and I was going to surround it with white oak and then just do pegs that she can put all of her yarn balls on to make this really beautiful, like almost picturesque thing for her living room. And I already talked to my father-in-law to make sure that we could actually hang it in the living room because it's a lot of yarn. (laughs) And that has actually been on my mind. I've been kind of itching to get into my shop, but it's damn cold here. (laughs) I have such chills. Like my legs are vibrating right now. Your husband transitioned six weeks ago. Yes. And you have Christmas in like two weeks. Yes. And your excitement is for your mother-in-law's yarn wall. (laughs) Yeah. What a joyous way to live life. 
but not what most people's experience is. You know, Thanksgiving, I had a rough week. And um, randomly, somebody had told me to go on to like this grieving Facebook wall. And I was really like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, we'll see how this goes. And I seriously, I I did, I went on to it. And the first thing I saw was this woman who um, was talking about her husband had passed 17 years ago. And she was wallowing in like all of this stuff. And I seriously looked at it, clicked out and it was like, not me. Not in the frequency. And for those that need that, that's where they'll be. Yes. Where is your frequency at? My frequency, honestly, the two days after he passed, I was so calm and steady. And even like my dad, even the last four days beforehand, because he wanted to be home. And I was completely fine with that. I, I had an amazing support group that was here to help me take care of him. And um, my dad was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want him home? And I, I was so calm. I think it's kind of funny. You always have a lot of Harry Potter references, but it's so perfect. Remember in the last battle scene and you have all of the teachers raising their wands to create like this big dome over the castle. I seriously felt like that was my house and has been my house that we have been protected here and that there has been a lot of energy flowing through this house that has helped me stay calm and steady. I really focused, but I knew that's what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. Which was calm and steady? Absolutely. Because I knew that the moment he transitioned, I wanted to be able to feel him. And I had listened to so many Abraham Hicks videos of Esther. Wow, this woman. Can we just give a shout out to Esther Hicks? Holy buckets. Wow. That's how I wanted to be. I wanted to be able to feel him immediately and know where he was. And not only that, to guide my daughter. Because if there was anything I knew that I was meant to do was to show her through my clear example where he was and how to feel for him. Did you feel for him right away? Absolutely. I knew immediately. So the Saturday before he passed away, he woke up in the middle of the night. And at this point, he had lost his speech. He had not been eating or drinking for days at that point. So he had had literally lost kind of bodily control. And it was the last time I was actually able to kind of help him sit up in bed because he wanted to sit up. I gave him a hug. I said, I love you and got him back into bed again. But I remember kind of listening to his breathing. The nurses had warned me that his breathing would get a little erratic. It hadn't happened yet. So I was constantly like alert, like, oh my God, is he, is he going to pass? Is he going to pass? And I'd finally fallen back asleep. And around five in the morning, I remember waking up, but not being awake. And my full body was just warm. And I felt Like I was on a cloud. Everything got really bright and white. And I felt just this amazing sensation until my mind woke me up saying, oh, my God, what happened? (laughs) And I literally woke up and I remember like touching his chest and being like, "Okay, he's still breathing. And I knew a couple days later, I didn't get it until a couple days later. I had even told like his cousin had come the next day. And I was telling Jake and Larissa, I was like, oh, my God, I had this dream, but I was like, I was awake, but not. And this is so weird. And thankfully, Larissa was like, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I was like, I think his soul was actually saying, 
like, I love you. And like, I'm still here, but goodbye. He might have transitioned then. I totally agree with you. Did his body seem the same? Because I've known someone that lost their mother. And they told me later, like, they asked their sister, does mom look the same? And they both agreed that there was something about her that was different. And he was saying that he believed she passed as her essence left. And so the body remained, but the essence was gone. I totally 100% agree with you. And I think that there, because he wasn't responding to me, he wasn't responding to friends, he wasn't responding to the nurses or his parents. The only person he would respond to was Avi, our daughter. And I remember that Saturday night, she was thankfully, I've got amazing neighbors. My best friend is across the street and she's got kids too. So she kind of took Avi with her all weekend. But Avi kept coming back over saying, I want to say goodnight to daddy. I want to say hi to daddy. Is daddy still here? And we would come up onto the bed and I would literally like put my hand on his chest and I would have to yell his name and say, Jason. And it was like, he would kind of startle awake. And that was the last time he really opened his eyes. And I said, hey, your daughter's here. And he kind of turned his head. And really, you could tell like that was the last time he blinked his eyes a couple times just to focus on her. And um, Abby said, I love you. And he just kind of mumbled at this point. He wasn't speaking anymore. He would not respond to any of us unless I said Avi was in the room. And he really made an effort those last couple of days. Oh, my God. Right? Ah. So you felt that wash. I don't know exactly, you know, anything really. But your awareness doesn't sleep. No. So even though the body and the mind rest, your awareness doesn't. So what you call that dream we could call a dream or we could call that just your awareness in a different point of view. Yeah. I just heard hug. It was his last hug. I heard hug and then I heard reference like hug and then reference to know that that's what I'm reaching for. You're reaching for a hug? No, that feeling that that's what he feels like. Is that feeling he anchored it in? Yes. I just got chills. Is that another hug? Are the chills the hug? Yes, very much so. And they're definitely a lot more intense since then. Yeah. You want to hear one more story? Uh, yeah. So the day after he passed away, I was so sure-footed. I knew exactly, like I woke up, because at this point he had passed away at, I kept getting little signs like he's going to go at 10.20 something, 10.20, 10.20, 10.20. And it was Monday, October 23rd. And his cousin Amy was here, who is an ICU nurse, and I asked her to stay here with me. I mean, these people are amazing. If you're an ICU nurse out of there, big kisses. Dang, you guys are amazing. But she was here. I was sleep deprived, and she helped me give him morphine every couple hours and stuff. But she came and woke me up, and it was after 10, and I didn't know what time it was. She goes, Jason's not breathing anymore. And I'd come into the room and I looked at him and I looked at the clock and I couldn't see the 10, but I saw the 23. And I said, Amy, what time is it? And she goes, I don't know. I think it's after midnight. And she goes, no, it's 10. It's 1023. And I got chills and I'm like, Amy, it's 1023. It's October 23rd and it's 1023 right now. <laughs> but anyways, back to the story. So the next day I called my dad and said, I just want to go out to breakfast and then the next thing happened and the next thing happened and everything went perfect. And my brother showed up and my husband wanted a Camaro and he got a Camaro last summer. We named her Betty White 
and I knew I needed to get this car washed and get it put away for the winter. But I kept telling Tyler, I was like, we need to go for a drive. I just feel like we need to go for a drive. And so we get into the car, we put the top down and it's chilly. So we're all kind of bundled up with hats and stuff. And I turn it into sport mode. So it's like really loud, just the way that he liked it. And we take off. I felt like I needed to go to his parents' house. And that's exactly what we did. And I turned onto Highway 92 heading south. And I just gunned it. And I heard the engine rev underneath the freeway. And I just got chills. And I literally burst into tears. And my brother's kind of grabbing my arm like, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? Do we need to pull over? And I literally, like I snapped out of it in a second. And I grabbed the wheel. I just felt the car. And I knew right at that moment, I couldn't feel my hands anymore. And I was just like, you're driving right now, aren't you? Yeah, he's driving. Because <laughs> I felt like his steadiness and his calmness. And we went down to his parents and, oh, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. But this is the main point of the story. And we were driving home and I actually had Tyler drive home. So that way I could just kind of relax and enjoy the ride. And we had come around the bend, and there's a place where Jason had actually gotten a speeding ticket trying to race up to my parents' house when I graduated from high school. This is like freaking 17 years ago. And I literally just closed my eyes, and the sun was beating on me. And I literally had an out-of-body experience as if this white cloud like came and moved right in front of me. And I opened my eyes, and all I could see was like the shape of my husband's face. And he smiled at me. And then all of a sudden I felt his hands like go up my cheeks and he kissed me. You're living a pretty magical life. I am like, oh, this is so much fun. I have to like relax everybody and be like, I understand. Like, man, it could be hard. It really could be hard. But I wanted it to be easy. And I didn't want to be sad. I really, I wanted to be happy. And I feel like the last couple of weeks, I've really grown to understand our eternal nature and understanding that I think that this was all really meant to be, that he knew that he would be coming into this body and leaving early. I knew that I would be marrying my best friend and he would be leaving me early, knowing that I would then have to learn this life and learn him in a different way. And then also Avi coming into this life knowing that she would lose her dad early and how do we move on from that what's fascinating is first of all thank you i also find it fascinating that you said you wanted to talk to jess lively and i put these instagram stories up there and then they get snapped like while people are checking out like they're already gone (laughs) and that's another story in and itself and how that all happened But I just trust the alignment of the universe that the timing will align for those that are meant to be there. So I don't get in the mind about it and say, oh, no, we have to schedule this or no, it's not scheduled. It's just spontaneously. I just trust the alignment. And I'm so glad we're on this call together. And my tears, I've cried probably more than any other guest I've had on the show because this is joyful exploration of transition. Yes. And just really, if there is anything that I have learned, it's really trusting my intuition. And that day, I literally, when I saw the 333 on the clock, I was like, okay, I don't need to worry about it. You've got this under control. 
I'm done. I'm not even gonna worry about it. And I did ask then later my intuition, like, why did I not want to see a medium? Why did I want to see Jess Lively? And it said, because I was selfish. And I was like, why am I selfish? And it said, because you didn't want him flowing through anyone else. You know how he feels. Oh, yeah, I have no interest in channeling your husband. You get that. But that day, I was working on Christmas lights outside. And I literally just had this moment. I dropped the garland that I was working on. And I stood up. And I looked out the back door. And he's been coming to me in hawks. Like hawks, 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 hawks everywhere. And a massive hawk flew past the back door. And I literally heard Instagram. And I like ran to my phone. (laughs) (laughs) He was telling you to go on Instagram. Like ran to the computer and I'm like filling out the information. And I didn't even look to see what it even cost or anything. (laughs) Do you know what it cost? (laughs) Yeah, it cost exactly what the time was. Oh my God. So I had just bought your lively adventure. And I don't know why. I was just like, I loved these, the the client sessions or whatever. And so I was listening to it. And I literally, even on my shoot of paper that I have on here, I was like, my wedding rings, I can't take them off. Like, I love my wedding rings. What do I do with them? But you had something in there about your wedding rings. I turned it into a necklace. Well, I don't think I'll turn it into a necklace because I feel like these need to go to my daughter. And I think I'll keep my wedding band. That's what at least my intuition is telling me. Like, don't worry about changing them. But you had bought yourself a ring as a gift. Oh, yes. And I was even thinking, and I got full on chills. And I was like, that is exactly what my husband would do. Like, I would just be like, this is what I want. And he'd be like, okay, we'll go get it. Like, I'll go get it. (laughs) So eventually, I know when I'm ready, I will take them off. But that was just so many different things are so in sync right now through life. But there are a few things that I think we need to talk about. Oh, here's a question right now, quickly. I'm so thankful we're able to share this. And I'm sure you can imagine there might be people that aren't feeling as aligned with maybe losing someone as you are right now. Do you have any words of upliftment? I would have to say that it is an inside job and that you have to find what you believe and you really have to tune everyone else out. And even before that, I would suggest that you become very centered in how you want to feel and how you want to perceive what is happening. I knew what I wanted and I worked for it. And I'm not a hustle girl. Ooh, I'm not a hustle girl at all. I am all about easy and flow, always have been. Somebody tells me I should work hard and hustle and I'm like, I'm going to go sit on the couch now. (laughs) Good luck with that. Have fun. And follow your heart because it does not lie and it will never lead you astray. Beautiful. Oh, my God. I'm so happy we're speaking. Right? I feel like I've listened to a lot of Esther. I don't know her personally, but I feel like you also kind of have a spirit of Esther. Oh, I do, too. I really feel like she's one of my people. (laughs) Your personality is the most similar. I think you guys both are very optimistic, juicy, happy. Oh my God. I've always, always. Yeah. Jason used to call me. He was like, you're my overly optimistic cheerleader. Oh, I used to annoy him so much, but I was always looking for the silver lining. I was always looking for the best case scenario. And for anybody who needs this, I feel for you in those moments when it is hard that you can't see those silver linings. Sometimes it's just taking a breath and just saying, okay, well, at least I'm alive today. And at least he's alive today. 
So he's not gone yet. And what can we do with that? Because <laughs> there were moments, man, that you start questioning everything. Like, why? Why him? Why this? Why that? And honestly, I don't question that anymore at all. Is it because you have an answer or because you stopped asking the question? I think I just looked over and I have a big whiteboard and my eyes just went to knowing. What do I know? Eternal. Eternalness. That there is no end. Okay. Let's go into that paper. So let's talk about finances. Okay. This is so not as Harry Potter with hawks and signs and Instagram messages from a hawk. And I have a feeling like all of these answers will be like, Kellen, you'll know when you're ready. Kellen, you'll know when it's right. Kellen, you'll know dot, 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 dot. But maybe this was really also here for you to share all those stories. It could be. And who knows the ripple that that will have to those who are in the receptive mode and have been asking for something. You know what? I got an idea. Sure. Inner voice. How can I have as much fun with finance as I do my eternal husband? Stop spoiling it. How am I spoiling it? Overthinking. How can I make it fun and magical? Invest in yourself and have fun. What does investing in myself look like? Buy that house and fix it up like you want. Do you know which one it is? Not yet. What magical sign are you going to give me that it's it? I just heard you're not ready for it yet. But I will be? Yes. I just heard my house. You know what to do. I need to focus on my house first. It's almost done. <laughs> Besides my house, what should I focus on? Travel. Where should I go? Everywhere. Where first? New York. There you go. Will you make New York as magical as all the rest of this? Yes. What fun things should I look out for manifesting in New York? Old places. What does that mean? I know what it means. Okay, what does it mean? Two years ago, my husband surprised me with tickets to go see the live screening of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and see J.K. Rowling in person in New York City. And so we went for four days to New York City and had a ball. And now my brother actually lives in New York City. And I've been wanting to just go somewhere. And I was asking, where should I go? Do you know what old places means? Go to places you've been with him in New York City? Yes. Okay. Will he be there with me? Always. Okay. What else should I try manifesting? Sorry, let me get down. Because this is the thing, Kellen, like we can go through any other little potholes that your mind might be stuck in, but you're living a pretty magical life. You're living a bridge between season four, season five. So we get to have fun. Like, yes, we can look at the little resistances you're having, but you're also having such a receptive natured life. And you're such a, you know, like kind of an Esther-esque personality. Like if you want to play in the sandbox, by all means, it's not stopping your growth eternally. So people might be wondering why I'm asking these like other questions that are different than with other clients. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on a path in their own journey that's eternal. <laughs> so it's not about being ahead or behind or anything. It's just the eternal journey you're having. Does that feel right for you right now? To play in the sandbox and keep manifesting between the realms? Yes. Yeah. So you can ask these kinds of questions if you want to. You don't have to, obviously. But this is not impeding your progress in terms of your eternal nature. You're really good at focusing and you're really good at overcoming resistance. Like you're a good manifester. You don't have a lot of mind resistance coming up. <laughs> I just heard in those areas. <laughs> mm. Am I better at death than finances? What do you hear? I just heard yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. How no? I worry about it too much. 
I worry about death or finances? Finances. Yeah, am I more worried about finances than death? The mind, not you. Yes. Yeah, isn't that funny? I shouldn't even be worried about it. Like, it's one of those things where we were very smart. We were, I don't know what we were thinking, but right after Abby was born, we took out massive life insurance policies on both of us. I am set. So I don't know what I, I think my mind says, oh my God, what if I spend it all? And then it's gone. And then what do I do? (laughs) Okay, done. Bobble that down there. What if I spend it all? You won't. How do I know that's true? Maybe I'll go crazy. No, I just heard you're a rat. What does that mean? Chinese signal. Okay. Well, what does that mean to you? Saver? No, I'm not a saver. I'm kind of a pack rat. There's always something. I always know where I am. It's never always gone. Now, my mind's more full of boredom in this life than death. Yours isn't fearful of death either. It's just afraid of spending all its money. (laughs) Just the mind needs to find something, you know? Of course. Okay. So how do you feel around finances right now when you heard you won't spend it all? Is that done or is there more digging to do? I just heard awareness. Just be aware. Aware of my money? Mm -hmm. Just how I am spending. Okay. Do we move on to the next topic or do we ask more questions? Can you ask more questions? Yes. So what does awareness look like for me on a daily basis? Prepare. For what? The mind in me does not like the word budget. And so it keeps coming in like saying budget. I'm like, I don't want to say that word. I don't like budget. (laughs) Okay, great. So you're hearing budget, but your mind's rejecting it. Okay. Inner voice, what does budget mean to you? I hear, ooh. I keep hearing plan and prepare. For what? What you want to do. What does preparing look like? I heard set up. What do I want to set up? Accounts. And then I heard play money. I want a play money account. Yes. Jess, I'm getting like a block of thought. Like I understand what it's saying, but the words are coming so fast. Just say them out loud, rapid fire. Just say the whole thing. Just do it. Set up the accounts that you know will help prepare you for the future years. But also make sure that there is a playful account, a playful account that you can use for buying that house that you want to fix up to start your business. That account. (sighs) Calm down. I just heard you get the gist. (laughs) How do you feel? I have warm chills. I know exactly. Yes, that made a lot of sense. There you go. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? You can use you can budget with your non mind. Well, I had never heard playful account before. I was always like, oh, God, don't spend all of this. What do, oh, my God, don't spend that big chunk of money. Like, ah. <laughs> Funnel some of it in. Mm-hmm. And I just heard Jason being like, come on, you can do it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Financial advice with your husband. Right? Your financial planning with your husband six weeks after he's passed. Yes. What else should we know around finances? Everything will be okay. Better than okay. It says, ask questions about business. It's like, let's move on now. Turning the page, literally for me. Business, what should we know about business? You are really good at big picture, but you are also good at little details. And sometimes when it is time to look at the little details, you are too much in the big picture and vice versa. How will I know when to focus big and little? Right now, focus little. What does little look like right now? Showpiece. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. So focus on the showpiece right now. Yes, which is the house that I currently own. 
So if you haven't gotten the gist already, I build and I create custom built-ins and trim work. And I love walking into spaces and figuring out how I can create character and richness to a space. We've been working on this house for the last 10 years. And I knew that the next project that Jason and I were really excited about was changing out this lower bathroom into more of like a mudroom and a powder room. Why haven't I started it yet? You're not ready. When will I be ready? <laughs> I just heard tomorrow, Jess. <laughs> to be fair, earlier it said two days from now. So it, it's increased your timeline by a day. <laughs> it said no, three days from now is going to be Kathy's gift. So, <laughs> Oh, so tomorrow's the mudroom. The day after is Kathy's gift. You're going to be a busy lady. It's time. You also needed to rest, like you said before. It wasn't the time six weeks ago or in the last six weeks. Correct. Will Jason build it with me? Oh, always. I just got warm chills. Whew. So just keep getting chills in terms of his votes and decisions? Mm-hmm. He just told me you're the designer. <laughs> What's he here for? He knows what I want, and he knows where it is. So he's going to help you find what you want? Absolutely. That's kind of nice. You have like this hot, it's like Abraham. Have you ever heard about the story where Esther and Abraham and Jerry play this like hide and seek hot cold game with their friends? Oh, I love that game. Yeah. So you can play hot cold with him, like getting warmer, getting colder. Anyone could do this. They don't have to have a deceased husband they're communicating with. You can use your own inner being, by the way, your own, you know, angels guides. They'll be there. You'll have an indication of where things are, but you're playing with Jason, it seems right now. So keep playing with Jason. But yeah, you can play hot, cold, warmer, colder. Yes. I think that's generally life overall. It is. The bridge between the physical and the non-physical. You know, before, I don't know why this popped into my head, before when Jason was still here, or when Jason did not leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had seen hawks, and I always thought of my grandpa. And when Jason made his transition Hawks started flying in front of my Jeep, literally, as I'm driving on the freeway. And I knew, I just knew that it was him, that it was almost like my grandpa was like, here you go. She's all yours. Have fun. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know why I just brought that up. I was obviously meant to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Also, another Esther quality. Quality. She likes. She talks about hawks sometimes, and she also loves. For her, it's driving and transportation. But your building yeah. kind of has a similar vibe to me. Mm-hmm. And she also loves in, homes and renovating and stuff like that too, or yeah. decorating at least. But anyways, okay. Enough about the esterness. All right. So business. You're gonna work on your showpiece. You're gonna do the mudroom. You're starting tomorrow. Jason's gonna help you. You've got the focus between the little and the big details. Mm-hmm. Inner voice. What else do we need to know about business? I just heard it's not always about business. What else is it sometimes about? Playing, having fun. Why is play such a big thing in this reality? It's everything. Without being playful, it's not worth it. A lot of humans aren't playing very much. True. How do we transition from the mind to play? The mind is like a child. It knows how to play. Why does it spend it so much time in fear? It has learned. Fear. Yes. 
Where did it learn it from? I just heard parents. Sorry, my mind is going in and out here. <laughs> in terms of, well, you don't need to stay. <laughs> you can go away. We'll, we'll just talk to your inner being for a little while, if you want to. Yeah, Up to let's you. do that. Do you want to? You, I think you've got a strong connection. I think you really could allow just a longer pause, you know? Because you're getting perfectly summations with the one-word answers. So we can play with that. But I think you also have the, like you said, the blocks of thought. Yes. And that's what I honestly want to hear. And that's what I kind of leaving up to this, I was like, I don't want to listen to the mind anymore. I'm, I'm tired of you mind. Just go sit in the corner. What do I need to know? All right. Let's start with that. Okay. See, so mind's in the corner. Let's start with, and I'm not even going to take notes. I'm just going to listen. I'll just be the frequency that holds the listening for you. What do I need to know? What do we all need to know? Life is a circle, never ending, no edges, love, fullness, appreciation. How can we get back into appreciation when the mind sets itself in fear? Keep seeing a tree. What does the tree mean? Rooted yet reaching. You're rooted to the ground, absorbing nutrients from the earth that help you grow and reach towards the sky. Kellen needs to go sit in the corner again. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, Kellen, take a deep breath. I keep hearing, ask me questions. Okay, <laughs> all right, well, here's a question in her voice. What do you want questions around? What subject do you want us to lead with? What are you interested in? Souls. Mm, my favorite. Good, okay. Can I, okay, Kellen, yes. we're going to try some Abraham stuff right now. Okay. All right. I have some questions. So inner voice, thank you. I have some questions because I hear the phrase, you know, we're going to realize we're all one. But I also am kind of confused if we're all one, are we all one and we all have individual souls at the same time? Or is it just one soul? that we're all going to eventually realize we are? Yes and no. How yes? One is the ocean, and yet the ocean is drops of water. So there is an eternal part of us that's a drop of water. Mm -hmm. And it never loses its individuality, even though it's a part of the ocean. Correct. Okay. So there is some level of individual experience, even though the energy within us all is the same. Correct. Okay, so then from what it, what I've gathered in the mind, obviously, it seems like we're going to go through a phase out of the human focus into oneness focus and then reemerge back into oneness plus our own soul focus. So kind of like unique again within the ocean. We'll go through like an ocean phase. We're like, we're all the ocean. And then we'll go through like, oh, yeah, and we're a drop of water again. Ask again. Uh, um. Evolution seems to have stages or unfoldings. And it seems like humans right now in this unconscious state don't realize they're part of the ocean. It seems like the next unfolding is to realize we're part of the ocean. And then after that, it seems like the ocean stage leads into a new stage in the soul's growth that's back to the focus of the individual drop of water. I know that's a lot for the soul, but I just, that's my real question. 
I just heard bigness. Bigness. What is bigness? That you're making everything too big. <laughs> How can I see it differently? In the complexness, there is simplicity. The simplicity is what matters. Whew. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Okay. What is the simple thing that matters for us right now? Awareness. Awareness of what? Self. Which self are we talking about? The human or the soul? Sorry, Jess. My, the mind in me is really like bouncing back in. What does it want to say? Let's let it come in. Kellen, what questions do you have? It's saying you don't want to talk about this. This isn't what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So Kellen, the mind of Kellen. Sorry. We got a little off the Kellen plan. What would you like to talk about? It had said previously, like, let Jess ask questions. And then <laughs> mm -hmm. we kind of went off on that tangent. What does the mind of Kellen want to redirect it to? It's being selfish again. It says me. Okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't have to, you know, definitely don't have to. Uh, those are just selfish questions I had because it told me to ask. <laughs> oh, you are totally fine. So how are you feeling? <sighs> Better. The mind in me was getting really, really anxious about, oh, God, what are we doing then? <laughs> doing, what are we doing talking to your inner being open-mindedly? Yes. I think it had an idea of how this whole thing would go. And I don't even know what that idea was. <laughs> well, yeah, we're just kind of in the present moment letting it unfold. But of course, the mind had a expectation. Yes, it did. And then um, when you actually ran... Um, yeah, to the bathroom. Said, yes. I kind of asked myself, I was like, well, what is, what's the whole point of all this then? And it literally came back saying, share. You're here to share. And I think you were completely right in that first how many minutes that I shared stories and whew. once upon a time I, I did CCD which is like catechism or it's like church school for Catholic kids <laughs> I did it I don't know until sixth grade I don't know but we were really young and it was like every year so I went every Tuesday night or something like that holy family ironically the same church that Madonna went to little does many people know anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> She didn't like Catholic Church, so I don't know what happened at church that she didn't like. But I can just say that my CCD experience, one time we had a substitute teacher. And all she did, I don't even know who she was. I honestly look back on that. I was like, I think she was an angel. Because this woman, I don't remember anything other than she brought clippings. And we had been learning catechism. We had the workbook. And there's someone always walking us through the process, blah, blah, blah. But this one woman didn't do anything like that for an hour and a half or whatever the length of the class was, she showed us clippings and articles and told stories of miracles oh. and newspaper things and all these things that had nothing. There was just, she was a woman of deep faith and not in a pushy, nothing. She just showed stories of miracles. And the impact of that uh, as a child grounded me. Re I think she also may have talked about the rosary because for whatever reason, I did the rosary every single night from that day forward until college, from like second grade or sixth grade, whatever it happened, to college in a very OCD way, I would say, <laughs> looking back on that. Like, I don't know if that was the best thing that was necessary, but it was so inspiring. Let's just put it that way. And even though I no longer put as much weight on that individual point of spirituality 
as maybe I did when I was young. It was just my first introduction. And I never even from a youngest age was like, I was like, Buddha and Jesus are all the same. They're all speaking to the same thing. They just had different cultures. And I was like, if CNN existed back then, then we could all have a chance to believe the same thing. But it makes no sense to me as a little kid that like God would create everything and then exclude some of what it created. And I was just, anyway, so I was always kind of a universalist in a way very young, but also never excluded the faith that I was exposed to. So anyways, you sharing stories to go back to this whole point could be the most powerful thing someone might hear. Absolutely. And I literally just got an image of some of my favorite Abraham Hicks YouTube videos are from like Andrea Lake explaining or all of her stories on how she became who she is now. And Yes, I totally agree with you. Some of my favorite videos are of people sharing their experience. So are there any other stories you'd like to share? Oh my goodness, we have a lot of stories that we can share. And honestly, this next story, I think, is kind of a perfect segue into a subject that I think I need to talk to you about. And I don't know why it's been kind of hiding. (laughs) I think I was a little scared to bring it up, which would be his family. Okay, so I'll take you guys to the point where we, my husband did not want a funeral. He wanted a big celebration of life. He wanted bounce houses for Avi. He wanted, he wanted Swissy puppies. We have a greater Swiss mountain dog. He wanted it to be a big party and there better not be any church ladies running around with ham sandwiches. True words. Those came from his well. (laughs) And so we decided to, we're putting together a big celebration of life in spring. Um, But I also, I'm the more private person. He was always the larger than life person. I've always been very private and I wanted to do just an immediate family spreading of his ashes, which he asked to be spread over some hunting land that he used to hunt with his dad and his brother. And Mary, who is a family friend who married us, she was just there to help guide the whole service in a sense where she would say a few words. She actually had brought our vows back out. And then as each person spread the ashes, they were asked to say like, what's their favorite thing about Jason or a favorite story just to remember him by. And as his dad had brought along a firework that we could light off and I had his cousin Jake come and fly the drone and put that up into the air. That was one of his favorite things. And at the end, everybody had said their piece. We had lit out the fireworks. We had done the drone footage, and Jake was bringing the drone down. And I was standing with Larissa, his wife. And my brother-in-law goes, oh, my God, look at the big hawk above us. And there was a huge hawk just circling above us. I just kind of watched it. Larissa and I just kind of kept watching it. And then all of a sudden, it took off like out on the ravine and it's just Larissa and I standing out on this bluff and it goes out and I literally just whispered to myself and Larissa's the only other person who heard me but I said I love you honey and the hawk screams and Larissa turns around and goes oh my god that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) Ah, and there have been so many aspects like that happening all the time all the time my daughter even so my husband was not a big woo-woo person. He was like, uh-uh, that's, that's all your stuff. That's what you like. Me, uh-uh, I'm a realist. But the last couple of weeks, he definitely got more into it with me. He allowed me to bring a lot more things up. <laughs> 
And I had asked him saying, okay, I see hawks. I think of my grandpa. I see butterflies as some of my other signs. Like, what do you want me to tell Abby? What do you want me to tell our daughter to look for and to know that it's you and to think of you? And he like sits back and thinks for a little bit. And then he goes, Camaros. And I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, a deer, a Swissy puppy or something? Nope, a Camaro, because we have a black 2018 Chevy Camaro convertible in our garage. And for days afterwards, we saw so many black Camaros. And we go on this annual trip with our friends to the Dells up in Wisconsin. And we just went this last weekend. And on Friday, I went to go get gas. And I looked at the clock and I had to take the dog out to the kennel and it said 1111. And I got warm chills and I'm like, you excited to go to the Dells with us, honey? And I took off down the road um, to go out to the kennel and I passed two Camaros. And it's the middle of winter right now. Camaros are not plentiful, (laughs) but they come at the most random times and they're just there. It's beautiful. Yeah. For some reason, this needs to be explained is that the little details, even though your mind thinks that they are little, they are actually, there are signs everywhere. And they're probably so plentiful that there could be as many as up to a hundred ways that your loved ones are actually trying to speak to you and show you that they are right there. And that is really dependent on you, on what you're allowing and what you're going to believe is a sign from them. Abraham says the exact same thing. They say that your inner being will communicate in any way that you'll allow. So I use numbers and alignment in numbers just because it's fun. Yes. My daughter was getting a little upset because she, uh, I think she was having a hard time picking out what the Camaro looked like. She's seven. So she knows what our Camaro looks like. But sometimes, you know, you get a, you get a Ford Mustang drive by and she's like, oh my gosh, was that a Camaro? <laughs> and so one day we went out to dinner, just her and I. And I think she was getting a little down on herself because she thought that she had seen a Camaro and it wasn't. And so I think she was thinking, oh, shoot, am I really not seeing daddy? So we were walking back to the Jeep and she goes, well, did daddy have any favorite numbers? And I said, well, maybe we should ask him. And we literally got into the Jeep. I started the car and on the dash said 444. And I said, Abby, look at that. Look at the clock. And so ever since then, She'll message me or she'll look at the clock and be like, Mom, it's 111 or Mom, it's 333. And I said, that's so awesome. What do we do now, Abs? And she goes, I love you, Daddy. Oh. I have created a game for her to know that he's thinking of her and that he loves her and that he's always around us. And whatever we, if we have questions for him, he's right there to guide us. And you just got to listen for him. How is she doing? Amazing. She's doing better than me sometimes. (laughs) You sound like you're doing pretty good. So that's impressive. Is it because you're doing so well that she's able to? I would have to say absolutely. I just heard like clear example. You're being a clear example of how. And I mean, she is easy to learn from. I I mean, we've always said what an easy kid she always has been. She's always been happy-go-lucky. She's known this since she was two. So he's had this diagnosis since she was two. So that's all she's known, in a sense. This is so beautiful. Isn't it fun? I feel so calm and relaxed. I have a whole bunch of words on my whiteboard right now that (laughs) the biggest word says steady, because that's exactly how I had been wanting to feel. And I feel like this week has been the first week that I've really felt 
grounded again and felt more like myself. There is another story I could tell because I think that this, I know you had brought up, somebody had asked, my dad had just passed away, how, how um, do I handle grief? And honestly, I'm not a big fan of the word grief. I think it's a blanket statement um, instead of really pinpointing what emotion you are actually feeling in those moments because frustration feels a hell of a lot better than sad and despair. And if I'm going to be frustrated, I'm going to have fun in frustration and not be wallowing in sadness <laughs> and not blanket one term over the whole thing. But there was one time, and this was maybe two weeks after he had passed, I had gone down to my cousin's house down in Chicago and we had gone shopping. And we went to the Bath and Body Works store and Christmas music was playing and my favorite song came on, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And there were so many playful people in there and it was so much fun. I had so much fun. I forgot for two minutes or however many minutes I was in that place that my husband had just left me. <laughs> and then I got out to the car and I looked at Sam and I just lost it. And that was okay. And I guess I had to give myself permission to be happy and that I was okay to be happy and that he wasn't going to be sitting somewhere being mad at me that I was happy, that I was allowed to be happy. And then after that, I heard, hey, I played your favorite song for you. Why are you crying now? <laughs> <sighs> well, and he's happy, right? Yes. Jason, are you happy? Absolutely. Do you want her to be happy? For sure. It makes so much sense. Like I look at the transition as like they're all going off to a party. <laughs> they were stuck outside the party. And we're like, they must really hate that party. But that's just because we don't like when they leave to go to the party. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Can I have you ask my intuition about some questions that I have been getting a lot of resistance to? 100%. So there are a few family members that, that caused a lot of drama in the last few weeks. And I still, um, when I see them still today, I'm still very resistant to them. Like, I don't want to see them. <laughs> I don't want to talk to them. And I really want to soften this because I know I want to be love and light. And I know my husband loved this person very, very much. And I, I just feel like I don't want to hold on to this anymore. How can I let this go? Distance has helped. It is not him that you are actually upset with. Who am I actually upset with? His new partner. Is that okay? Yes and no. How yes? You have a right to your feelings. How no? You are made of love. So when I'm feeling that way, I'm not in my true essence. Correct. And that's okay. Yes. How can I get back to the true essence, though? Because it feels better to feel love and be true. How can I see that new partner in love? Talk with her. What should I say? My mind is saying, I don't want to talk to her. Okay, why don't I want to talk to her? Even if that's what I need to do, why is the mind resisting that? Because no matter what I say, she won't understand. Is that true? Yes and no. How will she understand? The base of her is love also. Yeah. How can the base of us both connect? <laughs> Through Charlie, their daughter. So talk with her about Charlie? Mm, no. Sorry. 
No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not saying these are right. I'm just trying to throw out more to get more information. I'm just digging for more information, more answers. So I'm asking my inner bank, do you want to talk or do you want me to talk? It understands your problem more than the mind does. Yes. So the more you can let the inner voice speak, even about what's wrong in the mind, the more you'll get to truth. The way to mending this is through Charlie, is through this little baby. This little baby represents love. You love this baby. You know that the essence of her came through these two people and that without love, she would not exist. So focus on Charlie. Yes. Can you do that? Absolutely, because this little girl's really cute. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. It's not even about the first two. Well, the answer is not in either of the two people, but the original presenting problem was solved through two other relationships that got you to love. Yes, because I really do love his brother a lot. I mean, I've <laughs> I met him before I actually met Jason. And it was through him that he actually used my phone to call Jason. And then for some reason, the number got saved on my phone and I went to call it and it was Jason on the line. <laughs> oh, you were trying to call the brother initially. No. So we went bowling and Caleb needed to get a hold of his brother because we were all going to meet them at pool hall and Caleb didn't have his phone on him. And so he asked to borrow my phone. I let him borrow my phone. And then for some reason, I don't know how this number ended up getting saved in my phone. And so a few weeks later, after I had met Jason, this redhead that wouldn't stop talking to me, I was more interested in somebody else. <laughs> and I ended up like a couple weeks later finding this number that was saved under S. I was like, who's S? And so I ended up calling it and it was Jason. So if the universe doesn't have ways of finding people together, <laughs> there you go. What's beautiful is you just shared a story that led to love. It did. And the answer also led to Charlie, which is love. Why am I so resistant to her? Because you want the best for him. Is she the best for him? She's the best in helping him grow. And that is his business, not yours. How can I let her be who she is? Let go. Of what? Judgment. Control. Isn't it interesting your mind will go, you can pass on. We can be hawk friends and lovers. And then the mind will go, but this other thing. Right? Isn't it wild? It's like the mind's like, all right, I'll let this huge thing go. <laughs> huge. But this other thing, I got to control. Yeah. It is crazy. It is. It is insane and totally normal, as Eckhart says. Yes. It is normal and it is insane. Absolutely. And, you know, the degree, it is amazing. Even I notice my mind putting labels on the amount of suffering. I lost my husband and yet who is suffering more because they then lost a child? Does that equal less or more? Like, I think we all got to get over that. <laughs> Here, boil that into a question. Let's ask the inner being. Does, do people suffer differently or more or less? Is there a degree of suffering that is more or less? What What do you hear? All the same. Degree keep it open. To, yeah, keep going. Yeah, um, all the same. The degree in which someone is willing to feel it, though. Am I not willing to feel it? That's why I felt less of it? You focused on love. They are focused on loss. 
Am I focused on loss around Caleb? Yes. How so? You lost a brother. Is that true? No. What is true? So I'm going to start crying. It's okay. Let it out. It's just really, as Abraham says, it's just releasing resistance. That's all tears are. I love crying. Yeah. Um, it makes sense because I feel that I lost a brother when this woman came involved. And I feel that Jason felt that same way when he was still here. And I don't think he feels that way anymore. Okay, Jason, how can I see this Charlie Caleb situation or no, the partner Caleb situation differently? You don't have to be best friends with her. It's okay. It's okay. And I don't have to restrict love to her or Caleb. Correct. And it's easiest to tap into love with Charlie. Correct. She will grow on you. Everything will be okay. She is here for the long haul, though, so you will need to get used to it. How is she here to help me grow? Releasing judgment. How can I have more compassion for her? Remember how you want to be treated. How you feel. How can I have more compassion for myself when I judge her? When the mind of me judges her? Know that I love you, and that is all that matters. I keep hearing none of your business. <laughs> okay, there we go. So what's none of your business? Her. Mm -hmm. How can I be around her and have peace at the same time? Oh, that is a good question. Right? Because that's all you really want. Here, I've got a better one. How can I be steady? Eye contact. I need to give her eye contact? Yes. You are strong. Lead the way. This might take more growth than transition. It's a right? little bit. Because this is the person in front of you that's difficult to get along with. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. You don't see her that often, though. There you go. That's optimistic. Yeah, you don't have to see her that much. Eye contact, compassion, Charlie. Charlie. Yes. See, it's funny how people have like this, my worst fear is losing my husband or losing my children. And here I've just gone through this, <laughs> what people would say, horrific event. And yet I still have hangups. It's just humanity, right? It's just the mind focuses on different things. And some of it goes through blazing trails and other pieces of it, it's working on. Every, and who knows like if there are soul, like if there's multiple lives and multiple experiences, you know, you may have worked through some of these before. So this isn't your first rodeo. Or like as Journeys of Souls would even say, sometimes you go back with the same people in like different roles to play out in like a negative way, but to release. But they're also the Abraham always says like when people go, well, then why if there are past lives, why don't we remember them? And they said, if you remembered every past life, you would never get on with the one you have. You'd be too busy chasing this person that killed you then. And this other person, it'd be way too dramatic. Like you would never move on with your life because you'd be so busy in the past. It sounds like a Count of Monte Cristo, like karma loop over and over again. I have a friend who is very interested in past lives. And she's like, yeah, you should come to this person and talk about past lives. I'm like, no, I really have the Walt Disney effect of like, I just keep looking forward. I'm not interested in the past. I just want to keep moving forward. Thank you very much. You know, what's funny about that? My brother, who's five years younger, I was talking with him about something. And he was like, because I know certain people I'm familiar with, they're like a little bit older than me, especially can get really into the past lives and they get really deep in it and they're like, I've got this caramel ancestral thing and this and that and that and whatever. And I'm like, why don't we just deal with the life we have? Well, 
that's easy for me to say until my brother on a phone call, I'm talking about our childhood and he's like, Jess, because this is my life, right? I'm like, I'm not going to go to the past lives. I'm just going to deal with the one I have. He's like, Jess, why are you talking about stuff that happened 20 years ago? <laughs> he's like, it's in this life. But he's, and I realized the duality or like the irony of that moment where I was like, I'm saying this about the past life people. And he's saying this about my childhood, which is, it was a humbling to say the least. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. It's like, but it's true. It's true. Even in my own life is a past life. Absolutely. Like any vibration that's previously been plucked, whether it was a past life or this one, or this one is as a result of a past one. Either way, we're in the now. <laughs> and all of the freedom, truth, and light lives in the now. So it's about releasing whatever's true now. Yeah. And whatever whatever is manifesting right in this moment, too, is already old news. It's already old news. Yes. Even in this story, the partner or Charlie's mother is old news because she's not on the call right now. Yeah. That said, I'm not saying there's like a horrible thing that we talk about things that are active on the mind right now because your mind's thinking about her now, whether or not she's in your life at the moment in front of you. I had noticed that about like reality being really all is well because it's so easy to say it's not. And then think about the newscast you saw or think about the call you had last week or think about the 20 years ago incident, whatever it is, right? We think about that, but even the newscast or know that the newscast is speaking to a fire that's still burning right now. But if you're not in the fire right now, then all in your immediate moment as well, except for the thoughts you're having about the fire that's happening right now. Right. And I've been realizing more and more, whether it's a fire, catastrophe, or a mental, emotional block like, yeah, the partner of the brother-in-law, usually those moments we're with them are very few and far between compared to the rest of the moments where there's no fire or no sister. And the mind will dwell in a totally calm room, and yet it changes nothing. It just makes us think about the thing that we don't enjoy. Yeah. It doesn't actually solve the fire and it doesn't make us love the partner's partner. <laughs> yes. My mind likes to chew on those kind of things. Well, of course it does. It's just, it's no different than any other mind. It's just doing it on a different topic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny too, because I always thought that, um, that my in-laws would be opposite. I thought that Ernie would be a little standoffish to me. And then my mother-in-law, I thought that she would be very warm and like embracing. And it was actually opposite for quite a while. Ernie, my father-in-law, like would beeline, still beelines right for me, like for a hug. And, and Kathy was a little standoffish. And so I, another Harry Potter reference, there are portraits in our dining room there are newborn pictures from when Avi was a baby and there's one of me with Avi and then one with Jason with Avi. And I swear if I'm like asking him a question, I'll look up and look at him and be like, what am I supposed to do about your mom? Almost as if he's going to talk back to me. <laughs> like I'm at Hogwarts or whatever that this portrait's going to talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do hear it. I do. Yes. Because then literally he said, just give her time. Everything will be fine. And that is exactly what happened. I, I just gave her space. I was really, I was anxious because I was constantly calling her, like checking in on her. And I was like, dude, who's checking in on me? Who's calling me to be like, hey, you all right? Jason is. You're the one still in the house. <laughs> yes, Jason is. <laughs> He's sending you hawks and songs and all sorts of things. Camaros. But yes, he did tell me like, just keep at her. Keep calling her. 
she'll come around. And that's exactly what happened. I just, I kept calling and um, would call her on Hangouts and say exactly what he says. Just checking in. How are everything going? (laughs) And that's definitely broken the ice quite a bit. Love can do miraculous things. That it can. Um, And I think this thing with Caleb's partner, I just, I feel like I'm more mad at myself. Like, hey, you're better than this. Why are you treating her this way? In her voice, why am I treating her this way? You feel threatened. How? Or why? Your place of power. My egoic image of being the golden daughter-in-law. Is it threatened? Mm, Yes. Is it even real? (laughs) No, not at all. Am I loved? Absolutely. Is she loved? Mm Mm-hmm. What else can I know to release this to be even more substantial? Release yourself. From what? From the guilt, from the judgment. You're okay. Everything is all right. Even when I judge, it's all right. Yes. You have to understand she is also attracting it too. So it's not just about me. Correct. It's also about her. Yes, she has an expectation. Learn from past that she is not accepted. And unfortunately, you will have now fit that role. How can I break that role? Lean into who you truly are. Learn about her. I see like a stone. What's inside the stone? You know, there's like a diamond in the rough. Like you might find more. I see images sometimes. And if I'm not sure what the image means, like I have to kind of wait to see (laughs) what does that mean? Does it change the image unfolds? Not necessarily. Uh, Usually I'll see an image and I'll have to like stop because I'll start resisting it. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then all of a sudden, like a day later, an hour later, I'll get um, like verbiage on what that picture actually meant. That's beautiful. My brain can't put it together yet until later will i know later what the rock means yes okay how do you feel about her or the whole situation around it much better it's like popping a blister (laughs) yeah you know at the end of the day i love caleb i really i love he's my other brother and i have a lot of brothers and as much as i loved my husband and was very protective of him i love my family and i'm very protective of them and i think i I didn't always feel that she was the right one for him and feel kind of protective of him. Who am I to say that who he should be with? It's not your business. Why is it not? Because I care so much about him. I love him so much. Isn't that my business if it's coming out of love? I literally just had an image of him turning around and telling me what to do. (laughs) And I wouldn't like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. (sighs) Release? Yeah, that felt nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Are there any other bubbles at the surface? Loneliness. And I wouldn't even call it loneliness. It's even though I know that he is right here with me, I still um, will get into those senses of, ah, you were, you were my best friend. I told everything to you. And yes, I am that crazy lady who's walking around her house talking to her deceased husband. But I do miss... I do miss somebody talking back. (laughs) The inner voice talks back all the time if you send it the questions. Yes. 
Um, Coming from someone that's been alone for several years. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. Um, this, uh, um, were you, did you ever go and see mediums or anything like that over the last few years? I had a channeling teacher that also okay. was very psychic. So, okay. yes. And I also met this other woman who would see visions and we would interpret them. So it was kind mm -hmm. of like that. Yeah. It wasn't like crystal balls or anything like that, but it was, it was a, yeah, insight. And then I found myself that, so I had like two readings with the channeling teacher, one with the other lady, and I spent the rest of my time trying to piece my life into the, what they had described my life would be like. Yeah. And try to kept fit. Is this the person she's describing? Is this the person she's describing? And yeah. while some of it did unfold in very accurate ways and every partner I've been with is more and more aligned with exactly what she was saying. I then found myself way too wrapped up in wondering how it was going to happen like it was described than actually living my life. So now it's easier for me to stay in alignment and out of my mind, not having those sorts of things in my life. Absolutely. Um, I love Abraham's take on mediums is to use it as if it's entertainment to have fun with it and don't take it as, cause there's so many things with actually seeing a medium, like what state they're in, what's going on in their life. Like they may be reading their own inner being, not just you or somebody else. But I did go and see someone about a year ago and I've always walked into things like this as if knowing that whatever will resonate with me, I will feel, and I will know that it will be true. Everything else I can just kind of let go and not worry about it. And she did actually say to me, I feel kind of like you had brought up a story of a friend who number 10 guy versus number eight guy or whatever. Oh, yeah. I am so much like your friend. I knew my husband was the one like I knew it, like I knew it, like I knew it. I have no problem with any of that with romance with finding a partner. That is something that my brain does not even chew on. And she's like, Nope, everything's good. You'll know when the next one will come. And so this medium actually had told me a year ago, she goes, you will love two men very deeply in your life. And I got full on chills. And I knew, I knew that that was true. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up. And now that Jason is <laughs> in the non-physical, I'm like, okay, now when is this going to happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. The mind. Well, that's interesting because your mind hasn't historically had an issue around timing or expectation or packaging or piecing that together. And it's not really focused on time. I think it's more like, I miss having somebody to talk to. Where's my buddy? Where's my person to sit on the couch and watch movies with me? <laughs> You're talking to the choir girl. <laughs> I know. Maybe that's why I'm bringing it up again. Well, you know, I also want to change how I even present that, right? Because like the more I validate that in myself, the more I create that, right? So we also, okay, here's what I would say <laughs> with that in mind. Don't make an identity out of it. Yes. Yes, because I definitely had an identity of I'm married. I love being married. But also don't make the identity out of the present moment not having a partner part. Because mm -hmm. then you'll keep validating that existence as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, right? I don't know what will happen in the experience well, either of us will have. But I think times within yourself – Mm -hmm. And I mean, 
things can come up and they can go through within yourself while you're in a, a relationship too, for sure. But also times within yourself give you more time and chosen opportunity to go in yourself. Yes. So it's not to negate or to do anything to the outward projection of love, but also the inward has a place as well. And it doesn't mean it's in or out, but wherever it is, whether you're in or out of a connection, keeping a focus inside too, I think it helps propel that growth as a soul mm-hmm. into the next evolution of itself. So the mind likes to worry, conceive, and project ar- around its surroundings and its external reality. Yeah. But when it's inwardly connecting to that deep inner voice and eventually may transition to living from that inner voice perspective, the outward world will be considered inner. And so the love will go out in a multitude of ways beyond what the mind can currently do in its external focused reality. But in order to have that frequency and perception of life in the external reality, the internal must be connected. Mm -hmm. So whether you're with a partner or not with a partner, the inner connection, and it's not in the human mind's ability to choose when that happens. Like Eckhart Tolle didn't say, all right, serve me up (laughs) enlightenment now. He didn't even know really what enlightenment was when he was miserable. Or Byron Katie was so miserable she didn't feel like she could live on the bed and the cockroach rolled over her leg. So these people didn't choose. They did suffer massively in their minds, but they didn't choose the when, the how, or the why that the transition happened. And in that case, Eckhart was single, as far as I'm aware, and Byron Katie was with a husband, as far as I'm aware, with a mother. So both have had the experiences. I don't know what to share with you other than you have a confidence about yourself and the finding of that other partner Yeah, that's really strong. And you're in a period of time where you're on your own Mm -hmm. and both are valid and wonderful. Yes. And I know for me, whenever I am in like a single mode, the ability for me, even though it's it's reading books on digestion, but at least it's (laughs) something to do. Like I actually find if you get if you break it down moment to moment. I'm sure there are thoughts about like, oh, it would be nice to do X, Y, or Z right now. But those usually make you feel worse, <laughs> not better. But if you actually just ask yourself, what do I want to do right now? I usually go to bed early. Yes, I do want to go to bed early. I just get tired. Yeah, so you just get tired and you go to bed. Like you actually usually are like less bored or alone than you think you will be. And I mean, honestly, I'm not alone. I have a little seven-year-old run around with me too. So it's not like I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, but you can also allow that feeling to be there. But I I mean, I can't give you any inner voice. What should we do about this alone time? Enjoy it. Why should we enjoy it now? Because there was a time that you actually had craved this alone time. That when times of stress had become so much, you had actually wished for this. So instead of looking towards the future for the next best thing, enjoy, relax, have fun. Alone is just, is just. It makes so much sense because for me, I can see it clearly in my career. Like when I took the hiatus from the show, I wasn't sitting around going, oh, I was sitting around with the partner thing in my mind, <laughs> but not the, um, not the work thing. You know, I was like going, oh, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm happy I'm not doing that right now. It's not an alignment for me to do right now. Yes. 
and I do know, I, I know, like I know, like I know, I will not have to find him. I, that everything will literally perfectly align. I just know it. I, I know that I don't need to fear about finding him. And that was one thing Avi was very big on asking for like, I don't know, a good two weeks. Are you going to get remarried? Are you going to get remarried? And I was like, what's the big deal about this? <laughs> and then I ended up actually writing a letter to Jason and posting it on Facebook, like kind of like as a, this is what's going on. This is my letter to my husband. And I brought this up because this is something that him and I totally would have talked about. Like your kid is sitting here asking your wife if she's going to get remarried after you're gone. And all I kept thinking, I was like, this poor new schmuck is going to have to live up to this amazing man that I was married to begin with. And then I was thinking, wow, this guy is going to be something special then. Because if he can live up to the shoes or even be better or just be in his own self and to be able to live with someone who has a daughter and this person who really, really loved this man, wow, he's going to be something special, if that even makes any sense. It makes a million percent sense. I have a friend who lost her husband, and she, very young, he died a few years ago, and she's 35, 36 now, and it was a fluke. Yeah, it's a, it's a fluke. Yeah, okay. So fluke accident. And she didn't have any resistance to relationship before. She had a great relationship and then it happened. And then she processed through and then started living her life in this new way. And she didn't have children yet with him. So that didn't, that wasn't a part of her experience. So she started traveling a lot alone. And then in her travels, very randomly met this partner who was going through divorce. And they really connected and against like all odds because they were kind of just traveling and they just kind of met briefly. They kept communicating and it, it evolved over time into now they're living together and they have this whole new relationship and it's been so fun and fascinating to learn from her and her experience and her very open, honest, you know, experience of both partners and like the differences between each relationship and how she's grown and how – yeah each are unique in their own ways and how wonderful he is about the previous partner and the whole thing. So I totally know what you're looking for is possible because I have a friend who's literally in a very similar, but without a daughter, but I don't think that's like a deal breaker situation at all. She just, what I love is both of you had a wonderful experience with a wonderful partner and you didn't fight or force that to happen with them. So I think you're for sure likely to find the same thing as long as you don't make a whole identity around not having it as Abraham says <laughs> yeah I don't I don't foresee myself saying that but another thing just popped into my head that same medium had actually said catalyst that this whole that, that Jason was actually a catalyst and that all of this everything that I have lived up to this point is a catalyst to what is to actually come makes total sense it made complete sense to me at the time too <laughs> what that needs to be. I have no idea what that's going to be. But I know tomorrow I'm obviously supposed to start calling plumbers to figure out if we can get the washer and dryer up to that room. And the next day I need to start working on Kathy's gift. <laughs> that's beautiful. And that's all you need to know right now. Yep. Building blocks. It's always about building blocks. You're a wonderful beacon of what's possible. Thank you. 
I've enjoyed hanging out with you immensely. It's like hanging out with Esther, I think. Oh, well, thanks. Oh, my goodness. To be, oh, you know, there was a time that I was like, I would love to have her job. That would be fun. That would be, I still think that would be fun. There's nothing stopping you from doing it right now. That is true. You know, it would be an interesting, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Don't have to do this. Listen to your interview. Don't listen to Jess Lively's mind. But there is a wonderful woman named Morgan Harper Nichols. She's an artist. She's incredible. I love following her words. They're magical. I'm pretty sure she's channeling her inner being. But people write her letters. She's an artist. They write her letters and they share their story. And then she, I, I think, I haven't had an interviewer spoken to her directly, but I'm she writes them back. And I think she's writing what she hears from this deeper place within herself because the frequency of the words are so high. Yes. Isn't it amazing the words that you pick out and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, just sharing this for whatever it's worth. If you end up, because of your experiencing, attracting other people that have had people transition and they share their story with you, but you shared what you hear inside yourself, not channeling their Jason, you know, not channeling their other person, but just sharing a perspective or perception or message from that, like being the Esther in that you could reply with something uplifting from a deeper, higher frequency. Yes. I literally just heard stories, stories of overcoming because of course there are moments, there are moments when I am just distraught. You sh you don't even want to talk about what happened on Monday and you know, it's something that now I can sit here and laugh about because it was really kind of funny. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So you've been saying you've been so great. Not that you have to say, oh, my God, and there's also hard times so you need to dwell on them. But you didn't talk about Monday. You didn't define your experience based on Monday. Mm, because Monday was very satisfying. So very satisfying. Would you like to hear about it? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Let's wrap up on that. Tell us about Monday. Okay. Monday. Still loves it in the non-physical. It's funny because I feel like all of a sudden now I'm very interested in it. When he was still here, I was like, I don't want to hear about this. Nope, you just figure it out. So we have internet TV and we have a program called Plex where we have a server that runs all of our movies through it. And like we had collected movies over how many years now? Well, our server went down a couple months ago and Jason wasn't feeling well. And of course, it never got fixed. And in the last few weeks that he was here physically, he was like, Kellen, just go get a new computer because our big Mac upstairs was about to fail or was on the fritz and it still is still here. <laughs> and he's like, just go get a new computer. I'll hopefully I'll be able to reset the, the server. I'll set everything up and I'll explain everything to you. Well, that obviously didn't happen. And so he had called about five people before he had passed, like my brother, my cousin, Jason, and a few other people to say, hey, if Kel ever has questions, you're going to be her point person. If Kel has questions about th this, she, you're going to be her point person. So it is actually my cousin's husband, another Jason, who loves technology too, who my husband told, hey, if Kel ever has questions, she's going to come to you. So I had messaging Jason Hutchinson saying, oh my God, I need help. Our server is down. I want my movies back. Just bring my back my movies. And he was like, Kellen, I don't know if I can figure this out. I mean, he's two hours away without him seeing everything. He's like, I don't know. I think, how about you just tell me what movies you want and I'll load them up onto my server for you. Well, I did not like that answer. I wanted my movies on my server. 
streaming through my computer. <laughs> so after all of this, I kind of heard. The mind's like, I've got to control this thing. You can take everything else, but this is the one. <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> and so I ended up emailing one of his old coworkers to say, hey, I know that Jason actually taught you how to set up all of this stuff. Would you be able to help me? And so he actually called me and I kind of walked him through some of the stuff that we had set up. Well, he wasn't able to help me over the phone. And so I'm finally sitting in the office and I'm just sitting there. And I look over at our external hard drive, which is a system that Jason had set up our, our server on. And all of this is way over my head. Did you usher this where you just like press buttons you felt called to press? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I'm yelling at Jason or I'm yelling at myself. Like, why didn't I listen to you? Why did I not listen to you? I should have paid more attention. I was mad at myself. And then I was crying. I was mad at myself even more because then I was crying. And then I knew I couldn't hear him and blah, 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 blah. I, <laughs> it was, oh, my God, it was a meltdown. So finally, all of a sudden, I looked at, I looked at this box and I'm like, why is that white light blinking? Oh, my God, there's a white light blinking. Maybe if I unplug it and replug it back in, it will work. Well, I unplugged it and replugged it back in. And a few minutes later, all of the lights were flashing red. And all of a sudden, I bring up the, um, the owner's manual. And what does it mean when all of these lights are blinking red? And it does not sound very good. So I freak out. I turn the machine back off. Instead of unplugging it, I just turn it off. And I'm like, oh, God, what if I screwed it up? What if I really, what if I lost everything? And I literally just kind of told myself, like, chill out, Kellen. Really? Is this really something that you need to get all worked up over? Worst case scenario, you can call Jason Hutchinson back and say, yes, load these movies so I can at least watch my Christmas movies. <laughs> and then I just got so inspired to look back over at the machine and I turned it back on. And then I heard, leave it alone. And so I did. I left the office. I had to run around the house. I had to go get the dog from puppy day, came back and went back up to the office and I looked at the little machine and all of the lights were white, pure white. And that means that everything was functioning just fine. I literally, like my heart was beating so fast. I went to the computer and sure enough, I went to networks. It was up and running. And that feeling of satisfaction, I was like, that is why. I, and I was talking to Jason, I'm like, that is why you made me go through this whole morning and everybody telling me it couldn't be done because you knew I wanted to do it myself, that it was more satisfying for me to feel it through, to know which buttons to push, to listen to myself when it said, hey, leave it alone, walk away for a little bit. And it was up and running. And now I have all my Christmas movies. And there you go. That's beautiful. That reminds me of the transition for my divorce, basically, to being single. Like you compartmentalize parts of your life for each person's skill strength, right? And then you have to, I had a flat tire for the first time ever, right at like a week after. And I was like, wait, I don't know what I'm doing with this. This is something I've never dealt with. So like I had to figure that out. And there is this initial period where you're not really, you're really have compartmentalized like certain aspects where you just turn it off. Like you said, I don't pay attention to that stuff. That's his. And then there is that regaining of your own ability to navigate. Hmm. It's, it's so empowering, isn't it? Yeah. And then it stops eventually as more of those elements or aspects come back into your life, that feeling of holiness, like there's the whole and this is a whole and this is a whole, like I can't order a TV or I can't order, I remember doing that too. Like, I, you know, I was like, I don't pick the TV. This is so not my, you know, you, 
start to gain those, the confidence and comfortability to doing those things again. And then you don't even end up thinking about it too much more. Absolutely. I'm 34 with a seven-year-old, a house, a dog, a cat, and three cars. (laughs) Our truck needed new windshield wipers. And my dad's like, I'll go pick up windshield wipers for you. And I was like, okay, sure. And I kind of just let it go. And I think he forgot about it. So as I had, I usually only drive the truck when I've got to go take the dog to puppy day. And the other day, it was kind of sleeting out. And I'm using the windshield wipers. And the wipers are like almost halfway falling off. (laughs) And I finally took the truck over to just the auto zone place here in town. And I was like, Hey, I need new wipers. And the guy got the wipers for me. He even like picked them out and brought them over to the counter. I paid for them. And he's like, let me go get my coat and I'll put them on for you. And I was like, this is easier than I thought it would be. Yes. Yes. That's the other thing you get. I manifested uh, the rhino guy I dated slash friend in Australia. And even though we broke up, he drove me to Ikea every single time, helped me put every single piece of Ikea furniture together in Australia, went to Home Depot endless times. You know, you can still even manifest through others. Yes. And they are in joy, right? That man with the windshield wipers wasn't like, oh my God, here we go. No, he was happily doing it. He's like, hey, here's this pretty woman that just walked in and she needs windshield wipers. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. So it's so beautiful that we manifest what we need or where we're at. And and you're going to see it come through other people or also come through yourself to a point where you may not have your buddy to watch the Christmas movie on the Thursday night, but there are other elements of your life that you'll also feel holes in that'll get filled. Yes. How beautiful. Jess, I hope that this helps someone. I think I was so wrapped up in helping someone instead of just being like, hey, just talk to Jess. Just have fun. I cried more in this episode than probably any other. And I'm so happy to meet someone that has experience. I mean, I had my uncle and cousin die within six months in the last year, and neither of them phased me whatsoever. So, but they're not my husband. Yeah. So it felt like, well, I have zero worry about their passing. I told my mom when it happened, I was like, just so you know, like, I'm excited for this. So when this happens to me, like, please do not feel bad because I'm pretty pumped about what's happening on the other side. Of course, my mom is like not in the frequency of hearing that. But I love that you share that. Well, just how much peace that I have now, too, of like, I don't worry. Like, you know how you have moments where you're driving and all of a sudden a car kind of pulls out in front of you and you kind of get that like, oh, God, is this my time? And I literally now I just kind of lean into it. I'm like, if it was my time, then it is obviously my time. I'm not fighting this anymore. I'm done. I'm just going to keep living. Yeah, I had a dream in this period where I was really excited to get to the other their dimensions and other realms. And I was really done with this. I was like, if you don't give me this partner thing to like have fun with in this reality, just take me on. Like, let's move on with this show. So I had this dream in that period where there was a I was in a plane and it was going down, like straight down, like gonna hit the ground. And it was fascinating because that was the closest simulation to actual death that my mind had experienced. So in it though, my mind was like, all right, we're doing this. I like, I got full in. I got, I was like ready. <laughs> so excited. I mean, not excited like it's Christmas morning, but full acceptance and readiness and preparedness and, and a full like, not bracing myself out of fear, but bracing myself out of like, this is next. And the bizarrely fascinating thing was that instead of dying after that experience, which obviously that would have been what we would perceive, I landed. But in the sense that I landed, but maybe I 
in landing not on Earth, like was in a different planet. Yeah, and I saw these beings walking around in cloaks. I think they were black and red cloaks. There's no faces. They're like oval shapes where their faces. There's no faces. But then I I now tell the story of like, I think in this reality, maybe, this is just a human story. I don't know if any of it's true. Maybe in this reality, I'm here to help the humans connect to their other aspect of themselves. And then maybe in this other reality that I may have dreamed about, I'm in the non-physical sharing to non-physical how to be human. Ooh. Like maybe I'm guiding from both sides. That would be fun. I know. And I was like, oh my God, I totally just got chilled. Right. I'm like, okay, (laughs) if I was going to tell a story about the soul of myself as Jess Lively's mind would think of it, that sounds pretty fun. That it does. Oh my goodness. Right. Anyways, I have no idea, but I understand your idea only from my dream, not from actual car swerving out to hit me. But and I, if push comes a shove, you know, it takes that moment to know really how you're going to feel around it. But for now, I'm so happy to meet someone that's had such close proximity to it and has transitioned their own perception in life so beautifully and wholeheartedly, not like rejecting any emotions, but also connecting in with them too. Yeah, I think that's been probably my favorite compliment. Even the funeral director, he's like, gosh, I love your perspective. It's so refreshing. <laughs> Of all things. Yeah, I have a feeling that death is going to be one of the things that we shift in our society. I hope so. Rather dramatically in the next coming decades. I have actual faith in the baby boomers. I think that they've seen their parents go through like so much suffering and like kind of like in and out of situations that aren't really thriving. And I have this feeling that the baby boomers will be less and less likely to want that for themselves and their quality of life, or putting their children through all of the ins and outs that they've gone through with hospitals and all medical and all that stuff. So I think that there's going to be a more graceful transition and more and more deliberate choice around quality of life. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I'm sorry to keep going on and on. But yes, I even I had even stated to Jason that I was like, I will not let Avi take care of me. If it is my time to go, I'm going. I will not have someone to take care of me because of the realm of caregiving and how exhausting it is. And I gladly took that place. I do know how I will go. And I, I have deliberately said, I love that Ariana Huffington, she was in an interview with Oprah and she talks about when her mom passed away and how her mom like invited her and her sister to come over and they had dinners and this lovely weekend. And then Ariana even talks about, she just knew that night her mom said goodnight to them and went to bed. And Ariana's like, I just, I knew I had this inkling and yeah, her mom passed away in her sleep that night. I'm like, that will be me. I'm going to have my babies around me having this wonderful meal. And then I'm going to say, I love you all. And I'm going to go to sleep. No suffering for this girl. Yeah, I think that it will be wonderful. And everyone's mind will have a different perception of this. But I love the idea of having the inner voice be able to guide individuals into when that transition can happen. But not like necessarily preemptively. But I also don't judge anyone that chooses what they choose. I just heard they already are. Already are choosing when they leave. Yes. Or being guided, that they're already being guided. They already are being guided. Yeah, and even Abraham would say the same thing. As long as you're still on the planet, you still have life force that wants to be here. The minute you don't, you won't. Yeah. I think that the merging of the awareness in the mind of that 
and the soul of that may become more aligned and apparent. Yes, that I do agree with. Maybe we look at it that way. Maybe that might be a more prevalent shift. I don't know. Everyone's soul will do their thing that they need that's right for them. I know. Either we just lost a whole bunch of people or... (laughs) Well, and I think that, you know, and everyone's got to have their own experience. But I look for a more peaceful one, whatever that is for everyone. Oh, Jess, I love you to pieces. This has been so much fun. I feel the same way. And I just thank you so much for sharing your openness, your vulnerability, your strength, your steadiness, all of the experiences and all the stories. Thank you so very much for just being who you are. My pleasure. My pleasure. And there you have it. Thank you for listening. And Kellen, thank you so much for spending time with me as well. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can go over to Jesse, as in coming to London soon, lively. And if you want to find Kellen on Instagram, of course, you may want to do that as well. Go over to at Kellen, K-E-L-L-Y-N-L-A-E-S-E-R. So at Kellen Lacer is her Instagram. And for show notes for this episode, you can go over to JessLively.com slash Kellen Lacer. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am hanging out with my family in Chicago for the holidays. So I will be heading out there for five days, spending time with them. My middle brother just recently relocated to Chicago. So the family is going there for Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful holiday yourself. Enjoy the season and I'll see you next week. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today.